Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. Conversations exploring network transformation through interviews with industry experts. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you from the International Broadcasting Conference in Amsterdam, and I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Dunton, Director of Sales for EMEA at Smart Embedded Computing. Welcome, Mark. Hi. So, Mark, our companies have a long history of collaboration, but why don't you introduce Smart Embedded Computing and the area of focus that you have in the industry? Thanks. Smart Embedded Computing is the new name for artisan embedded computing. And we've had a lot of heritage here in embedded computing. We were previously Motorola Computer Group. We brought in companies like Force Computers, Blue Wave. So we have a very long history in embedded computing, and our DNA is in that area. Now, I know the topic for the day is cloud gaming, and this is a very interesting area of visual cloud in terms of the evolution of cloud gaming and what infrastructure providers as well as service providers are looking at to evolve the cloud gaming experience. Can you provide a perspective on the cloud gaming market today and where we're going in terms of the types of games and the types of experiences we're trying to put in the hands of consumers. Yeah, um, I think cloud gaming is a very exciting new area for the visual cloud. I think cloud gaming has suffered in the past. It's got a bit of a bad reputation. It's been trying to break through in the cloud space. We've obviously seen the cloudification of video and audio. Cloud gaming is the obvious next step for cloudification. Previously, the service providers have been trying to maximize the value of the infrastructure they've been bringing. Mm -hmm. But with audio and video, unfortunately for them, players got to the market before they did, and they weren't able to capitalize on the infrastructure. With cloud gaming, this is a chance, another opportunity, another market where they can perhaps break through and get some revenue there for the infrastructure they have to invest. When you look at the average cloud gamer, what is the experience that that cloud gamer is seeking, and how does that differentiate from a traditional gamer that is engaged on a console. Right. The main inhibiting factor to cloud gaming up to this point has been the latency issues associated with the cloud. And the new developments in network technology, fiber to the home, fiber to the curb, 5G, will allow the latency issues to be solved in a much easier way. Cloud gaming now, the infrastructure is rife for implementation of cloud gaming. Now, it's an interesting parallel that you bring up in terms of OTT content providers delivering video and cloud gaming providers delivering gaming experiences. And the underlying infrastructure is also somewhat similar. How do you see cloud gaming as unique when you look at it as compared to video streaming or OTT video services? Yeah, I think the latency is the uniqueness there. I think it's that need with video, with audio, it doesn't matter that the latency of the network is an important factor. Mm -hmm. If you go to the network and access a video or access audio, you can withstand a small amount of buffering at the front end while that video audio comes down to you and then you don't notice that buffering. With cloud gaming, it's very important that as you make a move on your console or you make a move on your controller, that's actioned in the network and you can see it directly. And that's part of the enhanced gaming, well, it's part of the key gaming experience really. What are the key technology attributes that are going into cloud gaming systems that address that particular issue? Well, that's mostly a network issue, but in terms of the equipment side, the important parts there are density, cost per player effectively for the service provider, and also typical power budgets and things like that that count for people who are putting infrastructure into data centers. So dense and efficient platforms mixed with a low latency network that we're achieving with network transformations yeah. spells the success for cloud gaming. Exactly, yeah. And I think the other thing that you need there, obviously, is you need the games. Mm 
Mm-hmm. There's no point having all the infrastructure and all the capability there in the network, but then not have the games to play. And I think there's been a reluctance on some of the game studios to try and maintain their core business of selling games as a physical asset rather than a cloud asset. So as we move forwards, we're starting to see the studios realize that this is probably going to happen anyway, whether they like it or not. So they need to get on board with this and they need to move to a cloud-based delivery model. So I think that's one of the key issues as well is we're starting to see now our partner GameStream, they've got Pro Evolution Soccer, for example, now available as a game available to play on the cloud, which is a breakthrough for those guys. Now, Mark, you guys are delivering some really innovative platforms to the marketplace to address this particular need. Tell me about what you've delivered here at IBC. Right. So what we're showing at IBC is we've got a dual Cabulate G PCIe card. So typically the Cabulate G processor that we're using, which is the lower power version, is capable of playing two AAA games on a single processor or a single system on a chip at one time. Mm-hmm. We've got two of those on a PCIe card, so we're getting four games per PCIe card. And then what we have is we have a 15-slot PCIe chassis, which gives you effectively 60 games in a 4U chassis there. So that's quite a powerful, dense server that you can fit in. Now, if you look at the typical implementation rates of cloud services for every subscriber that's actually playing the game, there's probably around 20 subscribers that aren't playing the game. So that one system can therefore support around 1,200 gamers at one time. That's fantastic. Now, I've done a little research, but I'm just enough to be dangerous. Tell me how this compares to the typical platforms that have been deployed historically for this use case. Right. So typically a server, a white box server with a graphics card would be able to play six to seven games. Uh, When I'm talking about two games, I'm talking about 1080p AAA games here. So I'm not talking about 720p lower end games. I'm talking top level games. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at a density factor there, an increase of probably, I don't know, around 15x, something like that in terms of space saving there. And also because of the fact that we're using one set of power supplies, one set of fans, the infrastructure costs and the infrastructure overheads are much lower as well. So you're not having the whole system there to play the game. You've got a common support for the infrastructure there. That's a fantastic innovation at the edge. What has the customer response been so far? It's been very good, yeah. I think we're still in the early stages of customers seeing the excitement of the technology and then trying to work out how do they actually utilize this? Can they roll it out? But there's been in the Middle East, there's been some take up there. We're seeing a lot of interest from the American carriers are trying to work out how do they get into this marketplace. So we are seeing significant take up. Now, I know this was a collaboration with Intel and part of the long history of collaboration between our companies. Right. Tell me about how the teams work together to deliver this unique solution to the marketplace. Yeah, so we're very often early adopters for Intel chips. We usually get the chips before the general market release. We generally work with Intel during the debug phase. This was particularly true in this case. This is a very complicated design, obviously having effectively a graphics chip, some memory subsystems and the CPU all on one chip and trying to maximize the power budget between the various elements was quite a challenging effort. We worked with your guys directly. We had engineers in both places and visiting both places, collaborating on getting the design working. So yeah, it was a very, very close collaboration to get this going. Very nice. And then you talked about, I believe it was 1,200 gamers per box. Yeah. Put that in context with the amount of gamers that a service like GameStream is addressing in the marketplace and where this is growing in terms of expectations. If you look at the gaming market, it's an enormous market. The gaming market itself 
as a market is bigger than both the audio and the video market put together. So that gives you some context of the amount of dollars that are spent on this. Now, how much of that market is available for cloud gaming? We don't know at this point in time. We suspect it's very, very high. There'll always be a core level of gamers who want to continue playing games on their PC, who like that high end, you know, I've got to build it and have the fastest thing possible. But I think a few of them work at Intel. <laughs> I yeah. think you're probably right. Mm -hmm. um, but there's definitely a casual gaming market there. The, and a retro gaming market, which is just rife for subscription services where people will dip in and dip out of games that probably you know were available 20, 30 years ago, as well as latest titles, mm -hmm. uh, in the same way that audio, Spotify, for example, you know, there's far more listening to back catalogue than there is listening to new stuff on Spotify. So Very nice. I think that we can see where this is going, especially if you're delivering at 1080p. You're delivering a high fidelity experience to the gamer. That's going to be an enriching experience. And the other really exciting thing about cloud gaming is the gaming on any piece of glass aspect. At the moment, pretty much gaming is confined to either a PC screen or a TV screen. And if you buy a console, then you're confined to the TV screen. If you buy your games on a PC, you're confined to the PC screen. What cloud gaming allows is it allows you to actually switch your gaming pane of glass or your device you're using for gaming at will. So you can be playing a game on your large 58-inch screen at home. You can pause that game and you can continue that game on your iPhone in the car, the same game, through the same service. So that portability, that ability to move your game to which pane of glass you're actually using at that point in time, I think is quite a compelling thing as well. That's very exciting. Mark, I can't wait to hear more about how this solution gains traction in the marketplace. We'd love to have you back sometime. In the meantime, can you just provide a URL where folks can find out more about the platform yeah. and what else you guys are doing? Yeah, so Smart Embedded, new URL is smartembedded.com. You can find out about our products there. It'd be great for you to have a look. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you.